Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of the Cornerstone of Grace. If you are looking for a church home, growth ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now, we have a couple of dates that are fastly approaching. And it might seem far away for me to be talking about the month of May of 2024. But before you know it, it would have arrived. And if the Lord say the same, be gone. And so I want to encourage you to save the dates. That is May 30th, 31st, and June 1st. As we will have a Pentecostal service on those evenings. That's Thursday evening, Friday evening, and on Saturday during the day. Giving you time to travel back to your destination so that you can be in your worship service on that damn time. Listen, we are endeavoring to do God's work to complete his will. And, you know, we've opened, um, if you look at the link that says wearables, uh, click on that, you know, um, we appreciate and we want to say thank you in advance for supporting the ministry. You know, sometime, uh, People reach out to us for assistance, and when we can, we do assist. But that's all possible because of uh, the contributions, the offerings, and things that are given to the church that makes those things possible, just like it allows the lights to be on and rent to be paid, as it would with any other business or residence. And so with that being said, we're going to go into the book of Genesis, and I know you'll be blessed by what is uh, going to be taught. And before we go on, let's go into a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. We thank you for your love and your mercy for blessing us to gather together in this place at this time. Lord God, we honor you for your kindness and your benevolence. We honor you, Lord God, for uh, for those that are supporting the ministry, those that will start supporting those that are supporting uh, in their local assemblies. I ask that you would bless them, Lord God. Bless the pastors, Lord. You know the the the, the burden that you have placed upon them. And, and I thank you because your burden is easy and it's light compared to what we carry prior to your revelation, prior to your saving our souls. We thank you. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless each one of the sound of my voice. Lord God, as we go into your word this evening, Lord God, I ask that you would bless us and enlarge our borders, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in the book of Genesis. 
book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the, the law of particularization. You got that? Okay, the law of particularization, meaning that we're moving from the general to particulars. Uh, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. Um, I was asked a question on uh, just recently, uh, what is God? Is he a man? Is he spirit? He's whatever he wants to be because he has all the power. The Bible tells us that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And we firmly believe that that there, there's no there's no shaking and, and faking when it comes down to uh, to honoring the Lord. A dance and cartwheels and running and rolling all over the floor and stuff. That don't mean it's real. I, I've seen people that that do that and right afterwards go I, I've go right out and do some things that you would have thought they would have been delivered or gave up on. There's no faking and shaking. God's looking for what's real. When you go to bed at night, he's looking for what's real. We're, we talk about being washed by his word. When we're washed by his word, that ladies, gentlemen, that, that means that, that if you're having a wet dream, you're going to wake up out of it and, 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 and shake things up instead of laying there and joining. Yes, I went there. All right. Just want to be for real. We're talking about soul salvation. And when we talk about soul salvation, we're talking about realness. We're not talking about sugarcoating. And we're not talking about being vulgar in any kind of way, but we're talking about being real and real about God's expectations for us. I'm not even talking about our expectations. Let's talk about God's expectations. And we're really going to, if the Lord say the same, uh, touch on that later on. But right now we're touching the creation. The principal person who is the cosmological, meaning the cause of all things, and the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. There's nothing that you see that he did not create. All things was made by him. And you'll, you'll find that in Colossians. And so let's turn our hearts uh, and our Bibles, or your devices, whatever you have to Genesis, the 22nd chapter, beginning at the first verse. It says, and it came to pass after those things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here am I. And he said, take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass took two of the young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burning off for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Let's talk this evening about your blessing. 
when your blessing becomes a test. When your blessing becomes a test. Now, you know, as well as I do, a test is defined as a procedure intended to establish um, the quality, performance, reliability of something, especially before it's taken out on a long process or or grade is given. But we all get tests. We've been tested in school. Uh, some of us are still being tested in school. Uh, my classes and courses start back uh, in January 2024. Um, I'm not looking forward to that. Yes, I, I'm looking forward to it. All right. <laughs> all right. And so we all get tests and grades now. And, and so if you don't do well on the tests, then you don't get a high grade. And that's not that's not satisfactory. A high grade means unsatisfactory. I mean, a low grade means unsatisfactory. We want a high grade, which says that you're satisfied, that uh, you've met the criteria. You've met, if you go and buy a car, unless you're buying one with no engine or you know it has problems, then you expect it to run right. You're hoping that it run right and at least give you a little bit of uh, performance. Um, but if you don't test it out first, you may be disappointed. Now, what we don't believe in testing is, is when you get ready to get married. Uh, don't climb in bed and test and go for a road test and then decide if you. And I say that because I heard someone that I thought knew better as a respectable adult give someone that poor advice. And, and so it, it, and that has been corrected since then. At least I, I trust that it has. But people take matters into their own hands. Now, there are a few things that you will not test before, and there are other things that you will. They told, gave Jesus a, um, some excuses. The man said, that I just got married. I got to go home and be with my wife. Another man said, well, I just bought some land. I got to go see it. Another man said, I bought some animals, and I got to go test them. Who buy things without testing them first, with the exception of marriage? That's a discussion that we'll have at another time. There are things that you talk about. You get a good understanding. And when you see there's a disagreement, a red flag, don't try to ignore it. You deal with it or you have to uh, table it for a while. That's what marriage counseling is about. Genesis to 12 and 2 says, and I will make thee of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great. This is the Lord talking to Abraham. I'm going to make you great, and thou shalt be a blessing. So Abraham was going to be great, and he was going to be a blessing. We are recipients of that greatness, and we are recipients of that blessing. Not only are we recipients of that greatness, we are recipients of that blessing, and we should also return the same to others. We were walking in the store, and there was a, a woman that had a sign up, you know, and, and people run all kinds of scams and stuff. But one thing I do not ignore, and me and, and, and uh, the gentleman, my colleague that was, that was hanging out with me, um, we began, we looked and we said, okay, well, she asked for food. 
And that's one thing. If a person say they're hungry, I, I will rather not eat to give them food to eat. And so we went to the store and I, I bought whatever I was buying me at that moment. I also bought for them. So they had a duplicate bag of what I had. And so we should be a blessing to others. It may not have been as much, but it was more than what she claimed to have had in that moment. And certainly when we do for others, we don't, it's not a brag or nothing like that. It's an honor. It's a privilege to be able to do something for someone else. And Abraham was told that he was going to be a great nation and a blessing. And here we are in uh, the 18th of October, 2023, and we are recipients of that blessing that Abraham received. Now, Genesis 18 and 19 says, for I know him. Now, God is talking about Abraham. And I believe that is something that of a testimony that God should also have with us. I know him that he will command his children and his household. Now that command means teach his family, teach his family, his household, his servants and everybody that in this house, we're going to serve the Lord on this land and on this property. We're not going to shuck and jive. We're not going to say, well, you know, don't take all of that. No, we're going to serve the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And so, um, and so that's all he knew. That's all he knew. And so he would um, command his children and his household after him that they should keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So there are things that God think about us and that he has spoken upon us. And it's now left up to us to usher it in. We put the dependency upon God. God, you're going to do this. But there are things that we need to do to usher it in. We have to have to make the way for it. We have to set the stage. God does all that he is going to do in, in, in making sure that, that everything lines up with his will. But we have a choice in the matter. Now, in the course of our asking, uh, we lack insight for seeing what accompanies the end result. We're looking for the blessing we're asking for, uh, but we don't see the in between that. We don't see the beginning of our asking and the end of it. Yes, the just shall live by their faith. We have hope. But even with that H-O-P-E, there is something that is going to transpire between our asking and the end result of what we're asking for. So we tell the Lord, Lord, bless me with a car. And, you know, before we got the car, we walked, we took the bus, we called for a ride to get to, to church. Sister, deacon, uh, mother, can you, here's a few dollars, you know, can you, can you pick me up for, for church? And now that we have the car, all of a sudden it becomes, I'm tired. I, I got to get ready for work the next day. Instead of us budgeting our time for the one that gave us the car, and now I have other plans that I have to take care of instead of being and, and holding up my responsibility for the blessing that or uh, my obligation and gratitude, uh, attitude of gratitude for the blessing. We pray, Lord, bless me with someone. We talk relationship, Lord, I, I, I want somebody in my life. 
And so God sends someone by and, you know, and you guys are getting along. And, and, and so not just not just anyone, but he or she must be, you know, we put some stipulations on it. You know, even though we may not be living up to all the stipulations, but we put the stipulations on it. This is what I want them to look like. And this is how I want them to talk and sound. You know, we got all that stuff from from TV and stuff. Listen, then we meet an individual and all of a sudden we become occupied. The prayer life stops because the flesh takes over. And, and then there's another story behind that that we're not going to go into this evening. And, and we pray, Lord, bless me with a job. Now I've gotten a job, but I don't have any more time for God, uh, for the one who made it all possible. Uh, there was a sister that asked me about interviewing. She was, she wanted to change jobs. She came and she, she wanted to counsel with me about what's going on and, and why she was not getting a position. And so I gave her the instructions. They hired her on the spot. By the time she got home, her phone was ringing and they, they offered her the position. It wasn't long after that, uh, that she would drive by the church. And I'm, I'm at the church usually early, um, 30 minutes, sometime an hour early. And I was like, well, hey, how come you're not at service? Uh, I don't have gas, but you just drove right by the church. How is it you could not have stopped and came to service and then drove home? You went right by the church. Literally, you went by the church. And so uh, all of a sudden, I need to save my gas. These are things and excuses that we give God. Now, everything that I mentioned is not a test from the Lord, but at the same time, we afflict or inflict or afflict pain and suffering and testing upon ourselves. My list can go on and on, but so does life. I love what Ezekiel said. And when I, we were studying the book of Ezekiel, I'm just going to say it was, whereas those that was listening may have been blessed. It was a life-changing experience for me to understand what God the message that God gave Ezekiel, it broke it broke me down in such a way I had understanding and clarity that I had never had before in reading that particular book. And so, again, I can say it was a life changing experience. In the 20th verse of Ezekiel, excuse me, the 20th chapter in the ninth verse uh, through 11, it says, but I wrought for my namesake. So what God does, he does things for his namesake that it should not be polluted among the heathen. In other words, uh, God spares us and have mercy upon us so that people cannot say, look what God did to them. They would recognize what God, the hand of God. And so he says, among whom they were in whose sight I made myself known unto them. So God knew, uh, the people knew that this group of people belonged to God, this church those that believe they belong to God, even though they're acting out a certain way. It said, in bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt, so there was deliverance. Wherefore, I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statues. This is where I wanted to get to. I gave them my statues. Today, you have the statues of God, the commandments, the orders, what God has given for salvation. 
And he said, and I show them my judgments, which if a man do, understand that, if a man do, he shall live in them. Now, that thought should stick with all of us, that if we live according to the word of God, that he has revealed to us and we not just take it. I'm not talking about quoting it. I'm not interested in, in people quoting stuff. I'm live it, live it, live what is being said. You know, there, there's a saying that, that, um, that you might know now I may be saying it incorrectly, but I think you'll get what I'm saying. It's not about how much you, you, you know, you know, but how much do you care? Do you care enough to live what was said? Do you care enough to, to abide by it? And so he said, if a man do them, he shall live in them. And that's what the place where you want to be. You want to live in the commandments of God. And so while others are chasing things, they're chasing him and her. And it's nothing wrong with things. It's nothing wrong with, with him for her. And there's nothing wrong with her for him. But when the time comes, you, what, who will you choose in place of God? Or will you stick with the God that you know? Now, 10 years ago, God gave me a job. Gave me a job. Yeah, I'm, a job, a real job. Not, not, I'm talking, I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about a job to work. A man that I never met called me several times on the phone. He said, you need to go to this interview. And I kept turning it down. It was about an entire week that I was kept saying, no, that job's not for me. And the man called and he finally, he said, God wants you to have this job. That caught my attention because I never met the gentleman. And so I agreed to go to the interview. During the interview, I was told by the person uh, conducting the interview, they said every time they talked about reverse engineering, troubleshooting, uh, that I illuminated. They saw an, an illumination about me. And so I was hired on the spot. Not only was I hired on the spot, but they asked me, how much do I want? They gave me a blank check. Now, after 10 years, another pharaoh rose up. After 10 years, then another pharaoh came was put in place that that I and did not feel that didn't feel the same way about me. But during that time, I never missed the service. I didn't miss any of my obligations as far as in a leadership conference or other things. I was in my place. And when it was time for service at COG, Cornerstone of Grace, I was there. Tired or not tired, I was there. We should never put anything in place of God. Now, Exodus 15 says, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And Spank saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horses and his riders have he, have he thrown into the sea. Now, I, I mention this because prior to this, they were fearful and they was complaining. So on and so on. They were just going at it. And the Lord said to Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forth. And, and so the children of Israel have been delivered. And because of that deliverance and a great deliverance, they should have known the power of God. If you have experienced God, 
You, if you have experienced the power of God, why would you put anything else in front of him? Even fear. Sometimes fear want to take over. Sometimes things want to want to uh, bring about anxiety. But we need to know how to keep things away and keep God first. Now, the praise that they gave when God delivered them and they went through the Red Sea and and they and Miriam grabbed the tamarind and began to, to play and all of this kind of stuff. Why wasn't that done prior to the parting of the Red Sea? Moses was told, God told Moses, why are you crying to me? Why are you crying to me? Why are you over here praying? Use what you have. I've gave it to you. So again, you're able to see the power of God. So if you are familiar with the power of God, Abraham was familiar now with the power of God. You ought to realize and understand that some things are only a test. So let's define that a little more. Okay, I'm I'm not about cliches, and so we're going to have to identify the difference between a test because people claim things to be testing when it is not. I've heard uh, people that in church, outside of church, say God tempted me, He tested me, and God had nothing to do with what they were involved in. You have to remind yourself when it really is, and understand what a test really is, and so. Um, Abraham, uh, the shenanigans. When your shenanigans, yours, mine, anyone else's that you can think of, uh, they do not qualify as a test. Do your shenanigans qualify as a test? No? no. All right. Shenanigans don't qualify as a test. Sin is not a test from God. Sin is actually your own flesh fighting against you. It's not been brought into subjection. Paul said, I, I, I bring my flesh into subjection daily. And, and so sin is not a test from God. It is you and those and unresolved issues. Now, James identifies this in the first chapter, the 12th verse. He said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried. So see, when he is tried, you're going to be tried. He shall receive a crown of life. I am looking for a crown of life. Um, CLG, that's why you see a crown on one of the logos that, that is being prepared uh, because it represents the crown of life. When he's tried, uh, I, I'm being tried. And I know I'm not the only one that's being tried in certain areas right now. And I've come to realize that, that, that when you realize that you're being tried, you better hold on with all of your might. Uh, you better hold on. Tears could be flowing from your eyes. You better hold on. Uh, you better take a stance like Job and quote the scriptures and, and prophesy to yourself and, and stand as a person of integrity when you realize that, that you are being tried. Listen, the Bible said, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempt he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Now, the enemy can blow smoke in your face, but if you ain't, if, if that's not intriguing to you, then you're not going to turn around and you're not going to inhale it. You're going to excuse yourself. And the same with any other issue, the same with any other issue. There was a gentleman in uh, ministry that, that I was told about. 
uh, my pastor was telling me about how he was called to, he was a pastor also, he was called to uh, one of the, to an individual's home. And when he got there, the individual uh, had already disrobed and opened up the robe that they were wearing. And that brother turned around and walked away speaking in tongues <laughs> and hurried up and got out of there. And the other good part about it is that his wife was in the car too. Uh, he was smart enough not to go anywhere by himself. Brothers, we ought to be smart. Sisters, be smart. But every man, when he is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust and entice, you meet him or her at a secret location, that is not God tempting you. No, it is a moment of passion that needs to be uh, extinguished before you uh, walk uh bus took a train or drove there, uh, you need to put that fire out before you do that. Now, for those that say, well, you're, you're a sin, you, we're, we're humans, you know, and all of this stuff, listen, that don't mean that you have to sin. It doesn't mean you have to sin. Uh, let me say that again. It doesn't mean that you have to give in to sin. You don't have to give in to the flesh. Now, the Bible says, and you need to read this for yourself in Jude 24 and 25, it says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. So God is able to keep us from falling, but that means that we have to yield ourselves and we have to trust him. And that is a that is something that is a day to day operation. It's something that we take on daily, not something that we make up in our mind today and it's going to stretch out over the next five years. No, tomorrow you have to make up your mind in that day and then the next day after that, because uh, you can't go back. You're not going back yesterday and, and redo. No, it's all about right now in this moment. When you deal with the consequences of your behavior, don't blame no one else. People have a tendency to blame others for their sin or feel that, oh, well, people are looking at me crazy because I went, well, you shouldn't have went out and did what you did and you didn't, you wouldn't have given nobody a reason to look at you crazy. Now, remember, a lot of that is in your own mind and your own consciousness that because of your guilt. And, and so uh, people don't have time for you and they don't have time for the foolishness either. God even doesn't. He said, my spirit will not always strive with men. So we have to make sure that we get it together. We need to get it together and keep it together. And when you deal with the consequence of your behavior, don't blame anyone else. Do not get up and testify about it either. Or people get up in church and, and start talking about what the sin that they was in. And, and God, listen, no one needs to understand or know your personal business, what happened, you can, you confess that with your pastor and your pastor should not be up preaching it over the podium uh, unless it's something that is starting to impact the entire church. Then he has to deal with it or she has to deal with it. But listen, face it and take it patiently. First Peter 2 and 20. We're still talking about being tested in our blessing, um, but we're also talking about not calling sin a test from God. 
First Peter 2.20 says, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your fault? It says, take it patiently. In other words, close your mouth and take it patiently. But if when we do well, when we do well and we suffer for it, don't claim that you're suffering for doing what's right. And you know in your heart and others know that you're not doing, that you're not suffering for doing what's right. Uh, I, I, th I think even a nine-year-old can look and see a car that's on the wrong side of the street, even though they don't have a driver's license, never took a driving training course, never went to none of that stuff, but they, they see the car that's on the wrong side of the street. So people can see when you're on the wrong side of the street and you need to get on the right side. Bible said, take it patiently when you when you suffer from your own fault. But if you do what's right, if you do what's you do well, um, then you're going to take it patiently and understand that it is acceptable with God. Now, uh, we're talking about when you are uh, when your blessing becomes a test. And so Abraham wanted a son. And we all know this now because we've been in Genesis talking about this for for a few weeks now that he wanted a son. And they tried uh, to have a segregate mom, Hagar, and which was Sarah's ideal and Ishmael was born. But that was uh, that was God's uh, that was a permissive will of God. It was not the divine will. Isaac was the child of promise and he was of God's divine will. Now, permissive, divine, saints and friends, you need to know and understand what is permissive and what is divine. Ishmael was the promise, permissive, meaning that it was legal, it was lawful, but it was not God's intention. That was not his uh, what he wanted. Uh, what he wanted, he had told Abraham that that the, the, the promised child, the child of promise, uh, meaning Isaac was going to be of his own loins and it was going to be uh, with Sarah. This is why Pharaoh, when, when they got down to Egypt and Pharaoh uh, took Sarah, uh, that they were afflicted. When they uh, got over to uh, Palestine and Abimelech uh, took Sarah again, uh, God told Abimelech, you, you're, you're a dead man. <laughs> That's someone's wife. Give, give it up. And so everybody, everybody was in trouble behind them. And so they were heavily afflicted because of Sarah. Now, when God has a plan for you, no one else can get in the way of that plan but you. They might appear to be obstacles, but as long as you line up with God's will, they will not be able to stop what God has pronounced upon you. Now, one of the things about it, which comes to mind is that, is that our patience, we say, well, God, you have a plan for us. I, uh, it, when we, when we understand the plan, we immediately uh, rejoice in it and we say, well, God has a plan for me. Then, then it might be five years later and that plan has not manifest, even though you still know that plan is in action and you become a little weary with well, the Bible. And that's, that's part of a test. Uh, you becoming, you waiting it out, waiting it out. And in your waiting, the Bible tells us that to work out your soul salvation. So there's some things we cannot obtain until we work out our soul salvation. Until we get into the place where God wants us to be and where and where he wants us to be in that moment is then where he's going to take us later. All right. And, and so Abraham said unto 
him. Uh, Behold, I'm here. He's talking to God. Now, this is after the birth of, of his son. The circumcision has, has occurred and uh, Hagar and Ishmael are gone. They've departed and God has raised them up to be what he wants them to be because Ishmael was from the loins of, of Abraham, but he was of the permissive will, not the divine will. The nurturing of the father and son of promises occurring and Abraham experienced this type for a moment. What I mean is that when we read about Peter, uh, Peter was tempted. Uh, Peter found out something that was going on inside of him. The Bible said, so when he had denied, this is, this is John, the 21st chapter. Uh, so when he had denied, Jesus said to Simon Peter, <clears throat> Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou um, me more than these? Do you, do you love me more than, than the people that's around you? Do you love me more than, than anything else? And he said, yea, Lord, uh, thou knowest I love thee. And he said unto him, feed my lambs. And then he called him again and second time, Simon, do, do you love me? And he said, yeah, Lord, I, thou knowest that I love thee. And then he called him again, um, Simon, do you love me? And, and Peter now was grieved. He got a little upset. Now, the reason for that was to show him that there's something that yet needed to be worked out in him. When God, when our blessing becomes a test and it will it will peter was grieved and the lord told him uh that when uh, to feed his sheep afterwards peter had to work on something and he had to and we see that throughout the scriptures that peter had some things that he had to work out listen abraham was having this type of moment the scripture says that that you love me more than you love your son then, then this is what I want you to do. Now, it's easy for any of us to Monday morning quarterback, uh, but when you're tested and you, you've gone through your tests and trials, then you, then you talk to us afterwards. God will try you. We'll see that more and we'll talk about that more inside the pages. The second verse says, and he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, this is the divine son, the son of promise, whom thou lovest and give it. Now, there's a special love. There's a special bond there because that that is the son that is born of his loins and Sarah and give the and get the into the to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. Now, God is not about uh, human sacrifice. Now, Abraham, where he came from, uh, he was an idol worshiper and there was a lot of things that went on in his past. And so God speaks to him. He goes to the mountain. The test, take your son. The blessing that you have and give it away. The, the thing that, that you're cherishing, the offering, the food clothing, the car, something else you might be cherishing. And certainly he's not going to tell you to leave your wife or leave your husband. Um, and I say that because I, I've even heard that where someone all of a sudden they became so religious that they divorced a husband who was also in the church. And people do some crazy stuff. 
and their life is not right. Even from what I understand, even in this moment, uh, things didn't go the way that they thought they would have. But when we line up with the word of God and we do God's will and we humble ourselves, so it may be that food, clothing, something else that you cherish in that moment and within your flesh, you want to say, no, I don't want to give that up. No, no. Oh, no, not not the car, not the clothes. Oh, no, not the no. I'm hungry right now. I want to eat that. But listen, you can get a snack later after service. God may be causing asking you to fast. All of a sudden you find yourself overwhelmed and wanting to fast. And, and, you know, your flesh is fighting against you. But you may notice that the more you fast, the flesh becomes weaker. God will test you. I want to eat something now instead of waiting, blessing the uh, the person with a with a bite. Give it away to somebody else. I'm going to I'm going to squeeze back uh, into this day. And, and, you know, I'm just not going to do it. But listen, listen. We can't just squeeze and, and hold back on God. I'm going to keep my extra bucket. So you got an extra vehicle and you just don't. And you see somebody that really, really need it and you won't bless them with it because you feel that that you worked hard for it. Listen, there's times that we all will and should be willing to make a sacrifice that is that God is asking for. And he will test you and ask you. And in our flesh, we say that um, they don't need it. Now, this includes the upkeep of the church. Well, the church don't need anything. Uh, no, they got the pastor. And so you're going to break the pastor, make the pastor pay for everything, clean the church. Uh, instead of you going down there and helping to clean when it's time, you know the pastor's down there cleaning the church and and making the toilets look white instead of yellow and all that kind of, and you're not going down there to help. You feel that is someone else's job and you feel an unction in your spirit to do it. All right. Uh, the church rent the, and other monthly obligations such as utilities and, and so on. God said to help. Did you know that, that everyone was required to help maintain the, the edifice in a certain way, everyone doesn't have the same responsibility, but, but listen, I'm, I'm going to take time to address a few upkeeps later. Give away your son whom you love. And Abraham rose up early in the morning. He rose up early in the morning to make that journey and to take a couple of servants with him. Now, I believe that, that, that Abraham, that he had arrived. He arrived at Genesis, the 17th chapter in the first verse. Uh, it kicked in. Things begin to kick in the gear for him. It, the Bible said, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. And I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and talked with God. Uh, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be the father of many nations. I believe that this particular passage uh, up to the time that we have read in the 22nd uh, chapter of Genesis uh, 
things kicked into gear for him. And he made this journey to offer unto God his son. But he also spoke in a prophetic tone as well, which we're not reading those verses right now. You can go on into the 22nd chapter and then compare what you've received out of it with what I'm going to be teaching on um, on next Bible class. But listen. So he gets his transportation together, a few servants, his son and the items that require a proper offering, a proper offering. Did you know that 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 when you go to church, you ought to have an offering? So I want to encourage you that wherever your fellowship is at. Bless that fellowship. Be a help to your pastor. You know, that is so important. I have a great concern with with leadership and their well-being as well. Also. Listen, saints and friends, please understand the service of the Lord does require proper preparation. He prepared an offering unto the Lord. It requires our presence should be prepared. The song that we're going to sing now at COG, Cornerstone of Grace, uh, it is taught and required as uh, the opening scripture. The opening scripture is not something that when you walk in on Sunday morning, you, you sit down and start thumbing through your Bible to figure out what you're going to read. As well. No, no, we're taught to become prepared. We come to service prepared to carry out the songs. We come prepared to worship. And the only audience that there is, is God. I'm not the audience. <laughs> Someone is, is mimicking me. Over here. <laughs> I'm not the audience. God is the audience. He's the only audience. He's the only one that can sit with his arms folded, his legs crossed. He's the only one that can sit like none of us. God's the audience. The opening scripture has been prayed about and read before Sunday. It's been in practice, the praise and worship, the song, the same thing. Our offering that we're presenting to the Lord, the same thing. Our ears are open and we're listening to be led of God. You will be tested. And if you consider what I said, you will pass the test and you'll pass it with praise. You'll pass it, pass it with, uh, with, with God being pleased. No excuses. None whatsoever, because it's all about pleasing him. And when God tests us, he want to make sure that we're, we're, we're meeting the quality and his expectations. And, and that's the most important thing. I'm, I'm going to stop right there, you know, and uh, my prayer is that what has been said is certainly um, has been a blessing to you and those that will tune in and listen later, that it will be a blessing to them as well. Uh, listen, uh, I want to remind you that we're preparing for 2024 in a number of areas. And one of those that, that we're working on is, is our Pentecost service and a celebration that's going to go on during that time. And you know, it's about 214 days uh, before uh, the 50th day, which is considered Pentecost. And, and so I just want to put that out there and I'm going to keep talking about it and solicit your prayers. Uh, again, visit uh, wearables, the link wearables, and ask them that you would support us in the ministry. It's not often that it's asked, but 
you know, um, support us as well. If you go to that wearable link, you'll see what we're using to uh, support the, the work of the ministry here. And so we uh, thank God for you and thank God for those that are supporting um, at this time. Listen, I'm going to stop right there. And if you have any questions or anything, please visit ConnectingTruth.org. Uh, if you're having an event or something, um, please send us information. You go to the contact page and send us information regarding what you're having as well. Let's continue to pray for what is what is happening in the Middle East. Uh, if you Bible students, you know that the Middle East is the East Gate. The East Gate is important. It's important. I threw this out there the other day. And so um, if you don't know what the East Gate is, look it up and um, and and understand what it is, because I'm definitely going to mention it again. You know, and you, you should should maybe have some type of answer to what is going on or what the Eastgate, um, the significance of it. And, and so with that being said, thank God for you. Thank God for you tuning in on this Wednesday. Let's continue to, as I said, to pray for others as we um, hold on and walk through the test that God has presented unto us. And I ask that you repeat after me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable on our sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you.